All right. My name's Paul. I've got autism and I was diagnosed age 34. Um, and I did a video to introduce myself. I watched it back and all I do is go off on tangents. So I'll try and I'll try and stay on course for this one. <laughs> so um, I want to talk about why I had to be diagnosed. And I know everyone does it. I know this is just like a standard template and following on uh, YouTube, but I think it helps to build a bit of history, doesn't it? So what I, I didn't know anything about autism, about, apart from Rain Man. That was about as much as I knew um, up until the point I was diagnosed. But I always knew there was something different about me. I, I always, always knew there was something different, but I never knew what. And... You know, I, I, even as far back as, say, like, in uh, in nursery school, I remember, like, I don't know if I could tell the time back then, but I remember on the clock on the wall, if the, you know, if the fingers were pointing at a particular area on it, then that meant the teachers were going to open the doors and we could go into the back play area. And I always wanted to play on this tractor uh, that they had. You know, and I used to uh, linger around, pretend I was doing things, putting things back, trying to help, just so the second those doors open, I could fly out of there and get it. But, you know, just looking around the room at all the other kids and everybody else was just mindlessly playing. And I'm thinking, how don't you know that it's nearly break time? <laughs> you know, so even silly little things like that, you know, leading up to, you know, I mean, I worked security back in the day as well, and I used to walk in a room, and I got known for being the guy who could walk in a room of 500 people and go, they'll be the ones who are going to cause trouble. Make sure you watch them, watch them over there. And I don't, I, I don't know what that is, but I, I don't know. It's just some, some, some things some people do is just very, very, very obvious, and I can't explain what, what them things are. You know, the more honest and true a person is trying to be, the harder they are to read. You know, the more of an act they try and put on, they, they just become very transparent. Um, well, that's just people for you. But um, yeah, so I, I work a job. Um, I've worked lots and lots of different jobs. And I, uh, are you allowed to say what you do on here? I don't know. Anyway, I work in the, uh, the fire and security sector. It's the best way I can put it. And, uh, you know, the responsible jobs, you know, every document that leaves my hands is a, is a legal document and um, it's relating to, you know, basically, hopefully people will not die based off my decisions. That's basically my job. And I was working for a company when I was 34, you know, when I got diagnosed and the company wasn't doing very well. And I blamed it solely on the fact that it was a professional company, but then the boss brought in someone for marketing and they just came up with the worst ideas. You know, like a professional company, legal documentation, if you want to create a brand new company and you want to be fully compliant with the correct standards, having advertisements with massive pictures of cow's heads on, on luminous backgrounds and putting jokes up there is not going to attract the the clients, is it? I would, I would not go to a professional company who think they want to bring people in by being jesters. You know, I'd go to, the, I'd go to the circus if people were being funny, but I wouldn't go to a company offering legal services like that. You know, you don't see adverts with solicitors on on the TV where they're not wearing suits and they're juggling on unicycles. You know, it's. I just think you have to, you know, set the right mood, don't you? So, 
yeah, we, we weren't doing well. So my boss said, right, well, everybody's going to have to start to cold call. No, <laughs> I can't cold call. You know, um, I, I don't like it. I don't like the idea of it. I think it's a horrible, horrible concept that is only designed to benefit from vulnerable people. Right, and what I mean by that is I've never been sat there eating my food, you know, watching the telly. The phone rings from an unknown number. And I answer it. Hello? Hiya, do you want to change your energy supplier? Uh, if I do, I'll do it myself, mate. You know, I don't need a random person phoning me. Who ever takes up that offer? I can't imagine anyone does. But I always think of people like my nan. You know, she could have been walking through a city centre and someone would have been like, will you give a pound to this charity or whatever? And just to get out of the situation, she'll give the money. And she would have given you a last pound even if she didn't have it herself, you know? I just think of that. I just think of people in that situation where they're vulnerable and it's just a parasitic, horrible thing to do, cold calling. So I, I, sat, I sort of pulled my boss to one side and said, look, I can't cold call. And he's like, oh, if it's just confidence, don't worry, I'll get one of the others to talk to you. And he was like, no, it's not confidence. I can't do it. You know, and I, I tried so hard for that company anyway, where I did things that were outside of my job role. And I did those things outside of my job role, hopefully for the day when I'd be asked to do something that I couldn't do, like cold calling, I could, I could use all that, you know, I could cash all them chips in and say, remember when I did this, 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 and this, well, can I just not do this, you know? Um, like I offered to work weekends to make this uh, contract work better. And, you know, my choice, I never got asked. I, I, I always offered. I, the, 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 um, the head office even had a service area in the back, which had a service manager that fell into a state of disrepair. And I traveled three hours from where I was living to clear it, sort it, install shelving, make it functional again, and travel three hours back home. Because my boss was constantly moaning about the state of it, even though there was a manager of this service area who worked there. I had to do that, you know, and well, I didn't have to do it. But I did it, again, for one of those, you know, I don't, don't, I don't want to do things I can't do. Because my autism is, if I have the ability to do it, I will do it. I can do it. I have no problem doing it. But then there are a few things that I absolutely cannot do. And it's not because I'll feel uncomfortable phoning a stranger saying, Hello, do you want a credit card? It isn't that at all. It's, I just can't. I just cannot. You put that phone in front of me, you press them numbers, you put that receiver to my ear, my mouth won't open. I just, no, no, <laughs> no. So I tried to explain it. I tried to say, I can't do it. Just, mm. and he was not bothered at all. He was like, well, it's tough. The company's not doing very well. So, you, we're all going to have to pitch in and do this, whether we want to or not. And it caused a lot of stress. It caused a lot of anxiety. I wasn't sleeping properly. I was really on edge knowing that this day was coming, you know, and it was horrible waiting for it because I never knew exactly what day he was going to say, right, here's a bunch of names and numbers. Now start. Here's a process of what to do. Uh, you know, and it was, it was just a horrible, horrible feeling. And you know, bear in mind, I didn't have a diagnosis. This is because it was leading up to it. Um, you know, and through the years I was, you know, the older you get, the more tired you become, the, the less 
recharge time that you get over the weekends when you're off and it just everything was sort of all culminating where I wasn't doing well and uh he he basically implemented it and I wasn't doing it and uh he, he tells everyone to come to the office and everybody else worked at this office so we're all sat in this meeting and he's like right I want to thank everybody for pulling in the same direction well, everybody except one person. Well, who was that going to be? It was obviously me, wasn't it? And um, that made me feel like crap again. And it was like, oh, cheers, you know, I'm not, if I'm not already feeling bad enough. And to the point where he sat me down and he was basically saying, look, if you're not going to do it, the job isn't here. There isn't a job for you if you can't do this. And I was getting so frustrated because it was like, this isn't my job. This isn't my job description. You don't have a problem with how I do my job. But now you're asking something outside of all of this and you're expecting me to do it and I'm telling you I can't do it and you're not listening and you're threatening my job over it that I've been in for about seven or eight years. It was horrible, man, horrible. And uh, it got to the point where it was I was so frustrated, like why is he not listening? How can I make him listen? That I ultimately ended up going down the route of getting a diagnosis and it wasn't for autism, it was... Why am I different? Why? You know, because there was an, a guy there uh, who didn't like cold calling either, but he could still pick a receiver up and still press the numbers and still do it and say, you know, at the end he was like, oh, I feel dirty for doing that. You know, and it was fair enough, but I just couldn't even do that. And it was like, there's just, I, I, it's, I'm stuttering now because I'm getting frustrated, <laughs> but it was so, it's so hard to explain that when you've got this wall, this block, it's like when you're trying to put, you know, the same ends of a magnet together and it's just, you know, it's like that in invisible ball there. That's what everything feels like for you. It's like, no, I just can't do it. You just can't seem to get past that, you know, field of, yeah, oh, it was horrid. So, you know, I went to the doctor and I'll talk about, I'll talk about that one in another one because that was a, you know, pain in the backside as well. But I went through the whole process and, you know, went, and to the to the um to the appointment and I, I ultimately came away with the diagnosis and the paperwork to say, you know, yeah, you've you you know, you've got autism and these are the the points that are, you know, against you. And one of them really wound me up because it said uh the inability to be flexible with thought process. <clears throat> All right, yeah, you could argue that for the cold calling, but Everything I do is about compromise and what's the, you know, we still need to get this done. What's the best way of getting that done for everyone? I'll always have that, you know, but yeah, there are some areas that are completely inflexible. So it's half right. And, um, I, you know, I presented in the paperwork because it was the last thing I could do, you know, and I never wanted to get diagnosed with anything like that, you know, because it wasn't that sort of as a negative thing. I just, I'd managed all them years without it, but having this, you know, irresistible force meets the immovable object and we were in we were in meetings arguing with each other voices raised kicking off and you know it nearly came to blows a couple of times you know we nearly had a fight because he wouldn't listen and uh you know i gave him the paperwork and he, he sort of changed you know he was like oh okay i'll uh i'll do a bit of research on this and he went away he did a bit of research on autism and he phoned me up and he was like it makes so much sense now the way you are, the way you act, the way your face can change a room's mood, 
you know, all these, they kept saying all these weird things and he was like, it makes sense. All right, you don't have to cold call. You know, and it was like, oh, thank God for that. But what makes it worse is that I offered to take six months off unpaid just as a way to try and get out of it. And he was like, no, you've got to do it. Everyone's doing it. But it was horrible, man. I felt horrid. It, he, he will never understand how horrible that made me feel as a human being because it's a business and that's all they really care about is the only way to keep the business is to make the money. Whether it's you doing it or someone else is irrelevant, isn't it? So it was just, it was a horrible, horrible time. But then I got really annoyed that I needed this piece of paper to make him listen. Like, why is, you know, a stranger saying, I can't do things like that? Why does that matter? But the person you've known for eight years saying it, you know, it doesn't hold any weight. It was, it was a horrible, horrible time. So I had to get a diagnosis of anything. You know, I didn't care if I was having to be checked to be a schizophrenic, a sociopath, a psychopath, autistic, anything. I needed to know what was different because I needed to give it my boss, you know, and I'm annoyed now because if I'm to change roles, you know, if I pass the interview process, because I don't want an interview based off the fact that I might tick, you know, particular equality act, um, you know, areas that, oh yes, he hits the minimum job spec. He's classed as disabled or whatever they want to put. And I don't, I'm not disabled at all. You know, I have to, tick that off and I'll, and get an interview. No, I want an interview based off merit. I don't want it because I've got something that might get me through a door. That's, that isn't, that's um, not equality of opportunity, is it? That's equality of outcome and that's not fair. And I, I, I don't know, I just don't like that. But um, yeah, I've, I've kind of, you can, I don't know if you can tell, but I've kind of argued myself into a little bit of a corner where I feel a bit rubbish now because I remember it now and it was horrible and it's been, I don't know, three, four years since I got away from that place, but the way it made me feel, the stress, the anxiety, the, you know, the, the, my mind doesn't turn off when I go to bed anyway. That's when my mind wakes up. So you're there sort of telling your brain, go to sleep because we're going to be tired tomorrow. You know this. And it's like, yeah, but I want to think of TV scripts and, you know, think of how we could write a movie and, <laughs> you know, what, why, why isn't there a fizzy cup of tea? You know, there's just all sorts of stupid stuff flying around my mind and, you know, it just stopped me sleeping. Like I say, stress, anxious, and my body's broken from stress and anxiety. I shake, you know, because my body has had enough um, of having to put up with it. But, you know, you should never, I think the advice or the point I'm trying to make is if you think you're autistic, go and get a diagnosis. And you'll find out either way. And if it's not autism, it might be something else. Don't be like I was where you were so fixated on why isn't my boss listening rather than thinking of yourself and thinking of your well-being and your mental health. Because on a Friday night, he wasn't thinking about me and why am I not cold calling. He was out having a few beers or with his missus. And, but I wasn't, you know, I was there really, really festering over it. and. It was horrid. You know, you've, if, if, honestly, if you think you've got something or you feel you're always stressed and anxious about normal societal things, because we are going to get stressed. There are problems. There, you know, the way of the world, the way it's going, you know, humans just destroy everything anyway. That's just the way we are. Um, but we are going to feel stressed and anxious. But if you can't drop it, if you can't leave it, if going for walks 
don't clear your mind, if doing physical exercise doesn't, you know, take away the mental impact that it's having on you, figure it out. See a doctor. See if you think you've always been different, always been that black sheep, then get that diagnosis sooner. Because then if you end up in a work situation where your boss doesn't listen, you will be protected under the Equality Act. They do have to consider reasonable adjustments within a workplace setting. You know, they obviously can't impact the work, but, you know, I was watching the guy from um, the Aspie world, I think it is, and he was saying where he was working, he was right in the middle of a cubicle farm and everyone was noisy and he couldn't focus on his work. He had a chat with the boss and he was allowed to have like calming music on headphones and that meant he could do his work and didn't upset anybody else. Yeah, you know, so if you can have reasonable adjustments, then great. And I'm after them now, to be honest, but my boss has just resigned. So this is going to be chaos for me because the last time a boss resigned and ended up with a new boss, he wasn't autism friendly because he wasn't friendly, you know, so that I ended up having to leave because, I mean, to be fair, he was the worst person at his job anyway. You know, it, and that's not me being bitter because I work somewhere else. Why would I care? But he, his level of professionalism was lower than I was willing to work because he did not know the role. Anyway, that's a different story. I'm doing it again. I'm going off on tangents and waffling. Right. Well, there you go. That's my story of why I had to be diagnosed. Wasn't because I was just a little bit different and friends and family supported me down the route. I did it because I was going to have a fight with my boss and I didn't want to. So, uh, yeah, a bit different, isn't it? Right. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, next time I'll talk about being vulnerable and trying to get down the doctor's route to get a diagnosis and uh, how it didn't exactly start off on the best foot. All right. So thanks for watching and I will see you next time. So until then, keep smiling.